Hey everybody, I'm Shelby and I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And I'm Tao, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. And this is High Voltage. Alright Tao, I'm very sorry for what I'm about to say, but I've been waiting to say it all series. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone, the Carolina Hurricanes were downgraded to a tropical depression as Vazzy and the Bolts shut out the Canes in Game 5 to win the series and advance to the Stanley Cup semifinals for the second straight year. <sighs> At least there'll be thunder in that tropical depression. Hey, I'm sorry. I had to say it. It was too good of a setup. Um, it was a dominant performance by the Lightning in Game 5, and we'll kind of go through it and break it down pretty quickly. Tampa began the first period with another power play after Nino Niederreiter was called for a slashing on Stamkos in his first game back in the series after his injury in practice. The Canes' power play started out strong, though, and killed it off. Um, and then Carolina was gifted a too-many-men-on-the-ice call against the Lightning, which... You know, death, taxes, and a too-many-men call the Lightning are all but guaranteed in this life at this point. And then the Lightning killed it off, and both teams had a couple of good looks throughout the period, especially during the four-on-four minutes after Coleman and Brady Shea were taken off the ice and matching minors, and that kind of led to a great chance for the fourth line of Tampa, and it was one of many they would get throughout the game. They were absolutely grinding. But that period ended scoreless, like three other games before. And at this point, Tal, I think you were starting to get concerned because the first period of Game 5 reminded you a lot of Games 1 and 2 where Carolina lost on home ice, correct? They did. It was, uh, it was already feeling like we were watching replays. Yeah, so then we begin Period 2 with 4-on-4 four four play again because Ajo and Stamkos got into a little match after the first period ended um and shortly after that pat maroon the big rig does what he does best which is talk a massive amount of shit and he ends up goading hawk and paw into an interference call which put tampa back on the power play i was honestly surprised that a carolina player was going to the penalty box i thought pat maroon was going to get the penalty it was totally bizarre but he goaded him into it and hawk and paw fell for it and gave up a stupid penalty to the most incredible power play unit in the playoffs and they they do what they do i mean i i think this moment was a turning point in the game hawk and paw takes a bad penalty tampa goes on the power play and then carolina gets an incredible two-on-one opportunity shorthanded and Andre Vasilevsky makes a giant save on Vinny Trocek. And it was a save only the greatest goaltenders in the world can make. And it really was the turning point in this game because seconds later, the Tampa power play unit re-enters the zone and Killorn feeds Braden Point in the left circle. And he moves in on Ned and goes forehand, backhand, in the crease, around Ned, and scores a disgustingly beautiful goal. Like, I honestly felt bad for Ned in that moment. I was like, that man has a family, and Braden did him like that. It, uh, it was disgusting. But such a great goal at the same time. And I felt like that kind of encapsulated the series. Like, Carolina took a stupid penalty, Vazzy made an unbelievable save, and the Tampa Bay power play went to work and got the job done. And that was the story of the series right there. 
And, I mean, the rest of the game has some exciting moments. We get an almost buzzer beater at the end of the second from Chernak and Stammer, but it was about a half a second too late. And then in the third, Carolina was only down a goal. They were still very much in the game, but Vazzy denied them time after time, and our defense played so well in front of him. Like, probably one of the most complete defensive performances all season. Sergachev was straight up laying his body down on the ice, and even in Vazzy's lap at one point, I think he blocked five shots total throughout the game. And then the guys in front of him kept pressing too, especially that fourth line. And really quickly, this was the best performance from Johnson that we've seen all season. He was flying on the ice. He looked like 2015 Tyler Johnson. It was really encouraging to see and made me think that maybe bullying him works. And it was actually him disrupting a pass from a Carolina player he disrupted it with his skate, and it turned into a turnover in the neutral zone that Ross Colton picked up and took down the right wing and then snapped a beautiful shot on the short side of Ned, which made the score 2-0, and it was kind of a wrap after that. Shout out to Ross. I hope that one day I can get you and my sister together. But what a performance by the rookie. He has such a bright future in this system. It was just a great shot. And uh, Carolina continued to try to press throughout the third, but Vazzy was in the zone. And then, just like that, it was over, and Vazzy recorded his third straight series-clinching shutout to send Tampa to the Final Four for the second straight year and the fifth time in the past seven seasons. And just a note, Vazzy is the first goaltender to do that, to have three series-clinching shutouts in a row. And, of course, that dates back to Dallas and the Stanley Cup when he shut out um, game six to win the cup. But man, what a great series, Tal. I felt like your fans and all Carolina fans were just a lot classier than the Florida Panthers. It was really a pleasure to cover this series with you and play against you guys. Thank goodness our friendship survived. Um, And you just, you really do have a good team. I think that in this series though, it came down to power plays, penalty kills, and goaltending. And unfortunately, you guys really struggled in those areas. Yeah, I agree. We um we struggled pretty pretty mightily. Um, goaltending was one of our one of our first issues that we uh we fell into with Marazic and Ned swapping spots in game um three and four. We uh shouldn't have made, never made the change. I felt Nedeljkovic made the Carolina Hurricanes the better team. Uh, defensively and offensively, Marazic, even though he had a good game three, did not show up in game four, especially in the crucial moments of that game when we were up 4-2 and we needed him to just shut down Tampa Bay for the rest of the game. He did show up in game three and got us the only win we did in the series. Then stupid penalties. Stupid penalties were a huge um, part of this peer of a part of this this series. We keep causing we kept causing ourselves problems we would give Tampa Bay a numerous amounts of opportunities they're coming out of this playoff series as the number one team right now in the postseason on 41 percent with power plays we upped their power play killing percentage because we couldn't put shots on net and goals in um, on them even when we did get our opportunities Penalties just were absolutely terrible for us. And then the ability, that just goes into my third one, the ability to score on Vazzy. Two goals in three games at home. 
really hurts Carolina when you come into a series only losing three games in the regular season and regulation and only being able to put up two goals on probably the best goaltender in the league and then losing a game where you put up four in a period almost versus him, it just kind of sucks. Overall, felt felt very good, um, but just needed to clean up areas. And one point that's not up here, and I'll just make a quick statement about it, is just injuries. Injuries hurt Carolina. Uh, Pesci left game the last game, and I felt injuries were just a huge part of this series as well. Yeah, Tal, I, I agree with you on the injuries thing. Brenda Moore said in a post-game question response, he said, you need 20 guys, and Carolina did not have 20 guys who were healthy. The injuries to Niederreiter, the in- injuries to Trocheck and to Fogues, those players weren't playing at 100%, and I think that really hurt you. As far as the power play, I think the statistics kind of tell the story. Carolina went 2 for 14 on the power play, while Tampa went 7 for 15. And Vazzy allowed only 9 goals through 5 games, while Morazic allowed 8 in 2 games. And uh, Ned allowed 6 in 3 games, but I do think I share the sentiment of should you have played Morazic in this series. I think that'll be a question mark we'll never know the answer to. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I think Ned was the guy, though, and I think the decision to pull him and put in Morazic was not only detrimental to the success of your team, but probably to the mental state of Ned as well. I mean, he played great. He played great in all three games he played in. It just was the offense in front of him. Their their inability to produce goals in big moments really, really was the difference. I don't know. I think it's a disappointing end to a great season for Carolina. That was one of your best seasons you've had since you won the Cup. And I think a lot of people expected it to be a more competitive series. I think you and I definitely did. The end result of three games to one doesn't even tell the full story because the one win came in overtime. I mean, we were basically one goal away from having a sweep. It just, it just didn't. It didn't live up to expectations, I think, for Carolina fans. I think you guys expected more. I think there are a lot of Carolina fans who, like you, are disappointed. And I think the the one thing you guys can hold kind of your head up high over is that you did lose to the defending Stanley Cup champions. And like you guys tweeted out the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account, which is like so annoying a thousand percent of the time. They tweeted out, y'all are the defending champs for a reason. And it's true. The regular season didn't really show that I think for the lightning we still played amazing obviously but we weren't at our best and we were at our best in this series and the previous series against Florida and I think we are a force to be reckoned with going forward but as a Tampa fan I do just want to say we're living in the golden age of lightning hockey and it's something that everyone should cherish Tampa has made the semifinals in five of the last seven seasons in the Vinick era Victor Hedman has been nominated for the Norris Trophy five times, won it once. Vazzy has been nominated for the Vesna for four straight seasons and has won it once and is probably going to win it this year. We have incredible depth in our young players, and we have veterans like Stamkos leading us. And this core group of players and the ownership and the decisions by JBB have turned this franchise into 
a dominant force to be reckoned with. And we all as Tampa fans should savor these moments because years from now, we will be telling our kids, at least I will, um, about this group of guys in this team. And it's just a wonderful thing to witness. Now, moving past this series and looking towards the next one, let's do some news around the league because uh, some stuff has gone down. Over in the North Division, the Montreal Canadiens have surprised everyone except themselves and swept the Winnipeg Jets after an overtime win on Monday night, becoming the first team to clinch the semis after being the last team to clinch the playoffs entirely and the last team to move on to round two. Tal, did that series and kind of the role the Canadians are on right now surprise you? Because I think it's been a surprise and a bracket buster for everybody else. Yeah, it surprised me. They, um, they, they've surprised everyone. You can't give enough credit to that team. Carey Price has come out and playing like a, a Vesna winning goaltender. It sounds, feels like he's a Vesna finalist, which he's not. But feels like they've come out and played huge, huge hockey. And even looking at a stat that I've got pulled up, they've got a power play percentage killing of 90.3%, which is outstanding in the playoffs. Yeah, that's incredible. They've not been good on the power play, which is even more surprising. They've just... And I thought Kyler Hunter, Kyler, I, I thought Hullabuck for the Jets was going to be able to handle their offense. But I think with losing Shifley... And other key players, they uh, just had it had an easier run to lose that series to Montreal. <laughs> Tal, do you think that that penalty by Mark was the the death nail in that series? By far, one hundred percent. Yeah, like I would totally say a hundred percent too. I think that was really the end of it for them it was a terrible penalty I think he did his team a disservice and also too the fact that he's been like trying to defend himself and be like uh, yeah. people are coming after my family and making himself the victim like he shouldn't he, he blamed basically player safety for taking him out of the series and causing them the Jets to lose and I just I just feel like that's so trash I think that decision by him cost them the series in in a more ways than one of course all the credit goes to the canadians and to carrie price but yeah i think that moment in that series really kind of set the tone for what was to come well it, it also gave montreal the reason and the fire to win that series they won it for jake evans 100 oh, they they'll, totally conti- they'll continue to win for him because yeah, of that. i think it energized them i think it it lit the fire like you said for sure so they move on. The Canadians are in the semifinal, and they are going to play the winner of Vegas and Colorado. And in that series, Vegas is on a tear. They stole another game from Colorado on Tuesday, overcoming a two-goal deficit in the third period and forcing overtime, where Mark Stone got the game-winning goal less than a minute in, and he led Vegas to his third straight win. And now they have a chance to clinch the series at home tonight in Vegas after going down two games to none to start this series. I mean, Tal, you and I were calling an Avs sweep a week ago. And now the Avs are facing elimination after being the favorite to win the Stanley Cup for the last two months. What What are your thoughts on that? This should have been a sweep. The way the Avs are playing in game one and game two, it absolutely should have been a sweep. But... 
Vegas has stormed out of nowhere to find some offense. And I think it's the reemergence of Marc-Andre Fleury in that, remember, they didn't have Fleury in game one. They did not play him in game one coming off the series from um, their la- their later series where they played. They did not start Fleury in game one. That might have had a lot to do with it. He probably has re rejuvenized the team and has helped them find scoring opportunities because he's saving more pucks than their other goaltender was doing. Yeah, I think definitely having Flurry, you know, be the starter has worked out well for Vegas. And like you said, they're scoring timely goals. In the last game, in, in game five, I felt like Colorado was outplaying Vegas 100%. Those first two periods, it, it looked easy for the Avs. Vegas had very little production and it just wasn't going well. But then they have these timely goals that force overtime and then Mark Stone blocks a shot, gets a breakaway pass, and and closes out the game. And all of a sudden, the Avs are staring down the barrel of the gun. In my opinion, I think the Avs win tonight. I think it's going to be very hard to do in Vegas in front of a home crowd. And originally, I had Vegas picked. But I also think there's something left from the Avs. And I think they're going to fight. But I don't know. We're going to see. Who do you think wins tonight, Tal? Also going uh, Colorado. They should re- be able to rebound. Hopefully we see a Philip Grubauer from the regular season. If not, this series is over. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the series in the East, which was the Bruins-Islanders. And Game 6 was last night at the Coliseum, which was packed and rocking. And the Islanders fed off that energy. They had a dominating win to eliminate Boston from the playoffs and make themselves the opponent of Tampa Bay next round. What did you think of that series, Todd? Because I have a lot of thoughts. The Bruins came into the series looking like they were just going to handle New York with the 5-2 win to start off the series. They were up 2-1 in the series. And then it's almost kind of like the series we're going to watch tonight between Colorado and Vegas. Just goaltending sent the Islanders. I mean, obviously goaltending did too, but... I mean, uh, goal scoring did too, but goaltending has reemerged the Islanders as the favorite was as the favorites to have beaten the Bruins, and it sure did. The scoring picked up four one wins, five four wins, six two wins. Goaltending was huge. I think this time the Bruins' age is finally catching up to them. I think the young skaters of the Islanders, the younger defensive core for them, absolutely shut Boston down. Um, when it came down to the final of this series, they just focused better, had a better goaltender. And Tuca being hurt, I found that out today. Tuca being hurt is talking about even maybe not even being with Boston next year. Um, he is mulling a surgery right now that looks like it might have took him out of the game the other night when me and Shelby were talking about 5-4. When they pulled him to start the third period and put another goaltender in, kind of kind of similar to what Carolina should have did in their game four. So it looks like Tuca was hurt, and it just felt like the Islanders were just a better team in the final three games. It definitely did. It definitely did. I feel like, similar to what we were talking about in the Vegas series with starting Rob Leonard, Islanders chose to start... Uh, I think his name is Sorkin. And then they go back to Varlamov, and he gives them, 
you know, I think, what is that, five straight games of just a great performance. I mean, he did have one more loss, obviously, but he he was a great goaltender. In that series, though, the officiating was at an all-time worst. The NHL has an officiating problem, and it's pretty ridiculous that Bruce Cassidy, the head coach of the Bruins, got fined 25000 for complaining about the officiating. I don't think that he should be paying five times as much as what a player gets for a concussion-inducing hit for criticizing the refs. I think that's kind of bullshit. And I think the league has to deal with the officiating. I mean, last night in that game, there was a terrible hit from Paul Mary on Charlie McAvoy that was not called. It was after the whistle had blown. It was a shoulder to the head, a bad hit. Nothing was called. There was no penalty. I don't even think the league is going to give any punishment for it. We haven't heard anything about it. But that, to me, was, I think, what Bruce Cassidy was so upset about. It just... I don't know. It, it's a problem in the NHL. I mean, it's going to bite them. I think it has to be addressed. But anyway, I'll bitch about the refs in the next series, I'm sure. So we have plenty of time for that. But yeah, I mean, the Islanders are now facing Tampa. And they were chanting at the end of the game, we want Tampa. And it's like, well, do you really know what you're saying? Uh, but I think, I don't know, I, I think looking ahead to this Islanders Bolt series, there are a lot of things to be looking for and be excited about. Um, Tal, I want to kind of hear from you. What do you think we can expect from the Islanders Bolt series? What we can expect in this series, goal scoring, goaltending, and defense. Three crucial games in the hockey, three critical things. We have Tampa coming in with the leading point leaders and two of the highest goal-scoring people. Then we also have the Islanders coming in with two huge defensive players leading the plus-minus coming in to this series. And, of course, you got Vasilevsky and goaltend, goaltending for, for Tampa. Sorkin isn't that far away from him, surprisingly, even though he probably will not get the call in Game 1 or may not even get a game in this series, depending on how Varlamov plays. But I think... I'll touch the Islanders real quick. I think you're just getting a more more disciplined team coming into this series. Looking at the penalty minutes from the Carolina Hurricanes to them this postseason, you're getting 112 for Carolina and 84 for the Islanders. So they keep their penalties down. They keep their penalty percentage low when it comes to creating penalties for other teams. But their power play percentage is not as good as Carolina. They rank in the bottom half of the NHL and even the bottom half. They are, I think they're fourth in the NHL in power play postseason scoring percentages at 28%, far below Tampa. They're far below in penalty kill with 61.5 to Tampa's 77.8. It's going to be a huge series depending on how the Islanders can handle Tampa Bay's offense. If they can handle Tampa Bay be disciplined, not take penalties, and just force Tampa Bay to kind of be on the hill of their skates most of the games, then we could have a very good series. But Tampa is one tough team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the second straight year we will be facing them. 
in the semifinals. Last year, of course, it was the normal Eastern Conference Finals. We don't have conferences this year, so there won't be a Prince of Wales trophy or anything like that. But it is the second straight year. And when I look back on that series last year, that was a six-game series. But the two wins the Islanders got, we were playing without Stamkos and Braden Point. And actually, I think even Kalorn at one point, he got suspended. But I don't think that this will be an easy series at all by any means. I think it's going to be a fight. It's not that the Islanders are a more talented team than Tampa by any means, but they play their system so effectively, and that is where they are dangerous. Like, they are the best system team in the NHL. And also, too, Tampa, for the first time in these playoffs, has home ice advantage. And I don't really know if that's a good thing at this point. We're 3-2 and two at home so far in the playoffs, whereas we're 5-1 and one on the road. So I don't know how that's going to play out. We start this series with two games at home, but we could have, you know, 1-1 one, one or, or something crazy. We just don't know what's going to happen. I, I think it's going to be a really competitive, interesting series. I think that the simps on Twitter are going to be losing their minds over having Braden Point and Matt Barzell on the ice at the same time. I think that's going to be a little too much for them. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, and I really am excited for it. I, I can't wait to cover it with you, Tal, because you will be staying on the pod as my co-host, even though your team is no longer here. We will be continuing the pod, which is fun. But yeah, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be tough, though. I think a lot of people, even though now the Lightning for the first time since April are the projected winner of the Stanley Cup, according to analytics, I don't know. I don't take much stock in it at this stage of the playoffs because as we've seen so far in so many of these series, anything can happen. And I think Tampa can't get complacent. I think they have to be ready. And like you said in your keys for the Islanders, Tampa needs to stick to their game. They've got to have great offensive production, don't take stupid penalties, and obviously having Vazzy being at the top of his game is a must. So yeah, we don't know when that series will start though because the NHL is taking its sweet time announcing the schedule, but it is dependent on the Vegas-Colorado game which is going to start here in a bit and depending on if there is a Game 7 or not, um, I think they'll announce when the Tampa Islanders series will start after they know that. So until then, we will be getting hype and getting ready for that series. Tal, any final thoughts before we go to the next round for the next pod whenever that starts well i think i want to give a prediction for this series for the tampa bay islander series i don't see tampa losing i I think it's going to go 4-1 again the islanders are fighting to keep their coliseum open but they're not going to do it they've fired up tampa with we want tampa chance it's a it's a pretty quick series for me 4-1 tampa that's my prediction. Shelby, you have one? Oof. I mean, I love that prediction. I hope it is a 4-1 series, but I think it's tougher than that. I'm going to say Tampa in six. I do want to mention, I think the Coliseum is going to be really hard to play, and the Islanders fans are annoying as fuck, but they are, like, fired up. I think they were chanting, like, all game long last night. Different shit. So I think it's going to be very hard to play in that arena. I'm hoping that Tampa's road performance continues. But, yeah, I'm going to say Tampa in six. And hopefully in a week and a half or so from now, we'll be talking about Tampa Bay returning to the Stanley Cup to defend their title. 
So yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll see you after game one of the Tampa Bay New York Islanders series. And as always, let's go Bolts. See you next time, guys. Guys, since the pod was shorter than usual today and we have some new listeners, Tal and I wanted to give you some more background on who we are and how we became friends. So Tal, how did we meet? Well, we met when we used to live in Boone, North Carolina, quite tight, uh, quiet town full of college students. I know. The I'm best joking. place it's in not, the world. It's not quiet. Um, I'm just joking. But we met when uh, I started working at a place called Sagebrush Steakhouse in 2016. Which, I for was, those of you who don't know, it's basically the off-brand version of a Texas Roadhouse. Yes, it is. 100%. The menus are exactly the same because I've worked at down both. Down to the honey butter. They are. They are absolutely the same. I, I went to work that one, and I was like... This menu is exactly the same. It's just the wordings are different. I think they call like a campfire cheese fry something completely different. Yeah, so Tao was a line cook at Sagebrush. And I think at the time I was still a host. I had worked there for like over a year at that point when Tao came on. And I think I just got promoted to server. Promoted to server um, <laughs> right after he started. <laughs> So um, we worked together at Sagebrush for a couple years together. I think like three years after that. And um, it was just such a bonding experience. That place was such a shit show. It was unbelievable. We had managers who were absolutely railed off their ass on meth, stealing stuff. There was drama all the time. (laughs) Everybody was hooking up with everybody. It was an absolute clusterfuck. And Tal and I worked there probably we were like the original squad after we both worked there for a long ass time like i worked there from 2016 until 2019 when i graduated so tal actually i think we met summer of 2017 because that's when you started yeah i'm sorry yeah 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 that's right because i started um i actually worked at melanie's and my parking enforcement job before i switched over to um Pepper's restaurant, and then I finally got the job at uh, Sagebrush. We won't even go into talking about how bad game days were. Um, oh, yeah. If they you, were great if for you. If you don't know, App State is a huge football school. We have an incredible football team. Go Nears. And uh, it was always packed to the nines on Saturdays when there were game days. Sure. And honestly, that restaurant had so many problems. It was like any time we got remotely busy, we were out of everything. There were never enough rolls. It was just a shit show 24-7. But I loved everyone who worked there. I made so many great friends there, like Tal, who's one of my best friends now, and then also our friend Hayden. Shout out to Hayden. Um, and just, like, a bunch of people, like, who are going to be friends for life, and we just, like, all suffered through that craziness together. But, yeah, we worked there, and then we started hanging out when I started playing Apex Legends because I got a PlayStation. And it was the first ever multiplayer game I'd ever played. And I was an absolute ass at it. And Tal basically showed me how to play. And we've been playing online every night together for like three years straight, two years straight or something. And now I'm better than him. So he's a great teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I'll let you get your first kill on a bot that was standing in the middle of the thing. And he happened to be champion. That was the craziest thing. I know, right? 
Anyway, gamer talk. We're both nerds. We love Apex Legends. So yeah, so we're best friends now. We play together on Apex every night. And we're both huge hockey fans, obviously, which is why we wanted to start this pod. And right now, I'm living in Atlanta. Tal is living in North Carolina. I don't know if you want me to blow up your spot and say the city uh, where you live. Cause, I live in Rocky Mountain. I live in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. I won't go too much far. Rocky Mount. <laughs> Rocky Mount. And yeah, right now, we haven't been able to see each other since before the pandemic. And we're hoping to get Tal down to visit me in atlanta because i'm moving into a new remodeled house that i just bought and hopefully he'll be able to come down and go to a braves rays game with me because his favorite team is the atlanta braves and mine is the tampa bay rays obviously team tampa so hopefully we'll get to see each other in person soon and maybe record one of these podcasts face to face because right now (laughs) we're doing it like over the phone with a bunch of technology and i'm having to like edit the shit out of them so it would be nice to be able to record them in the same yeah, room. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully we'll be able to do that soon. Heck, if these playoff series keep going, might even get the playoffs extended to the first part of July, and that might actually happen. <laughs> Dude, if the Lightning if the lightning make the playoffs, I'll call it right now, you and I are going to have to buy some flights and pay like $1,000 <laughs> for a ticket to the game of Tampa. We have to. It's for research. It's if for I work. Wish I, we can write it off as a business expense. I wish I had that type of money right now to do that, but if – if I hit the lottery, if, yeah, if we, we'll if, if it we hit the lottery by chance, we'll, we'll definitely make it happen. Yeah, if we if we hit the lottery and uh, Tampa makes it to the Stanley Cup, both those things happen. We will be there every game in Tampa. But until then, we'll continue to cover the Tampa Bay Lightning on this podcast. And yeah, that's just a little bit about us. Hope you guys enjoy listening to these. We're certainly having a lot of fun doing them. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So now, for real this time... We will see you next time. Go Bolts.